Good morning to you all. What a great privilege and joy we have this morning to be in God's Word. We continue our series in the book of Luke. And we're looking today at Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. I'm going to read God's Word. And after that, I will pray and lead us in the message this morning. So if you have the Bibles and the chairs in front of you, you'll find them on page 1018. If you have your own Bible, Luke chapter 2. We're going to focus on verses 8 to 20. Let us hear from God's Word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. God bless the reading of his word. Let me pray. Please join with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in your word we have the words of eternal life. And Lord, as we come to this passage this morning, pray that the words spoken may not be my words, Lord, but yours. I pray that your spirit may be working in each and every one of our hearts and lives so that your word, Lord, will not go away void, but it may transform us for you are good, for our joy and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good news. Who doesn't like good news? We love it. It warms our heart. It can give us a huge smile. And when we hear it, we all respond differently in our own way. This week, my cousin rang me and he shared some good news with me. When I heard it, well, how did I respond? I did two things that I think freaked out my cousin. One, I screamed like a football commentator from South America when a goal is scored. And two, I asked if I could pray for him. And he's now fiancé. So he called me and he told me that he and his girlfriend had got engaged. That was such a joy for me. Now, he's not a Christian, and I think it was a tad awkward for for me to say, can I pray for you? But um, that was how I responded to good news this week. I don't know how you respond to good news, but 
Maybe you have your own unique way of expressing yourself when you receive good news. The fact is, we love good news. We, we don't want to receive bad news. Bad news can make us sad. It can make us angry. It can leave us feeling lost and hopeless. But this is not the case with good news. In our passage today, we come to a narrative in Luke that shows us the birth of Jesus from a different perspective. We see the shepherds receiving good news that affects all people. This good news that the shepherds receive is good news that transforms all God's people. I'll say that again, good news that transforms all God's people. I want to leave you with three things this morning that come from our passage. One, what is the good news? Two, who is the good news for? And three, how we respond to good news. I'll get you to put it up, Jack, in this case here. So what is the good news? Who is the good news for? How we respond to good news. As we read in verses 8 to 12, we see these shepherds who are watching their flock in the night. It's probably a pretty uneventful night. And then, bang, an angel of the Lord appears to them, followed by an army or multitude of heavenly beings. God's glory is shining around them. They're scared and filled with fear. This is not a normal night. And they receive good news that brings great joy to all people. See, the Saviour of the world, who is the promised Messiah or Holy One of God, He's coming into the world. And what will He bring? Peace to those whom God is pleased with. This good news that the shepherds are receiving is news that will fulfill every prophecy that has been spoken about in the Old Testament regarding this Messiah. In Psalm 100 verse 1, David says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Who is David's Lord who sits next to his Lord or Yahweh? the God of Israel. David is looking forward to Jesus, the one who is greater than David. He is the promised Messiah. And we know this term Messiah as Christ in the New Testament. And as the angel in verse 11 says, Jesus is Christ the Lord. This last term at Donwell Youth Group, we've been looking at Jesus in the Old Testament. And we've been seeing how it all points to Christ. From when God promises offspring that will crush the serpent after Adam and Eve first sinned, to when he promises Abraham descendants from his seed as numerable as the stars in the sky, to when David is told that he will have a descendant whose throne will be an eternal throne, unlike his. See, in the Old Testament, Israel are longing for this Messiah to come. 
And they go into exile in Babylon and come back and they're still waiting. They're still waiting, waiting in eager anticipation. Now, the shepherds are told that he has come. And what has he come to do? As verse 14 says, he has come to bring peace. You might be asking, what is this peace? Is this world peace that eliminates every war? Is this peace that ensures that that we will never, ever fight between parents and children, brothers and sisters, friends? Is this peace that means we'll never, ever feel unsettled in our life? No, it isn't. In fact, I remember a TV show on Channel 31 when I was growing up that I sometimes saw as a teen. Uh, It was called Words of Peace. And this show can be best summarised as an old man trying to help people find peace, but not actually helping them find it. You see, he would tell them, you need peace in your home. You need peace in your workplace. You need peace amongst your family and friends. Peace in the shower. Peace when you sleep. And he'd say this, and he'd add all these fluffy mumbo, new age, new age mumbo jumbo, but he'd never really address the biggest problem. And that is the fact that we all need peace with the God who made us. We need peace with the God who made us. See, Jesus brings the true peace that we all need. He brings us peace with the God who made us. See, many people, many people are in search of peace. But they're looking for the wrong peace. You see, because of our rebellion and our sin against God, we are objects of wrath. We have, we have stirred up God's anger. And that, that burns directly towards us. There is no peace between us and God. There's no peace between us and God. You see, I remember this year during Easter, one of our pastors gave a sermon and said one thing that really hit me. And they said, I'm not trying to convince you that you are a sinner. I'm trying to show you how bad your sin is. See, the truth is, every time we seek to live our own way, every time we say say no to God and yes to our own sinful ways, we are infuriating God's anger and wrath more and more. It's like we're spitting in God's face. Now, just imagine that, that every time I see you, I clear out the back of my throat And I let rip what's in my mouth onto your face. Now, I do this over and over. You'll be fuming inside. In fact, your wrath and anger towards me will grow and grow every time I do that to you. And it's not if you retaliate at me. It's a matter of when. Now, remember... God is a holy God. And He he needs His wrath and anger to be satisfied. 
This is where true peace is found in Jesus the Savior. You see, He gives us eternal peace between us and the God who made us. There is now peace because of Jesus. And this, friends, this is good news. See, Jesus, he's, he's taken the wrath and anger of God's that burns so fiercely and He's shielded us from it. He's taken what, what we deserved and He's put it on Himself on the cross. This is good news. See, in the midst of wars, in the midst of broken relationships, in the midst of heartache, pain, bad health circumstances, Jesus brings us the peace that we so desperately need. In a world that is stained, broken, sin-sick and in need of repair and restoration, Jesus is the Saviour who brings eternal peace. As 1 Timothy 1.15 reminds us that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. This is what the good news is, friends. The second thing I want to share with you today is who is this good news for? Who is this good news for? And at first, the angel of the Lord tells the shepherds, this good news is for you or them, verse 10. And you might be thinking, why shepherds? Well, let's first understand who shepherds were during this time. Shepherds during this period were not held in high esteem. You see, some saw shepherding as a mundane job. And they even thought a shepherd was pretty boring. But they didn't realize that a shepherd had to watch out for prey who wanted to attack their sheep. And they had to ensure that sheep didn't go astray. Now, by revealing this good news to, to lowly shepherds, we are reminded that there is no job that is so low or poorly esteemed that God cannot use for His glory. And what a humbling thing for these shepherds, that they, they have the privilege of God revealing this good news to them. You see, these shepherds are not irrelevant to God. God sends His angel to them and, they, and they, the angel tells them His message and His glory shines around them. And what might have seemed like an average night of work then takes them on a, on a crazy turn. See, something special happens. And what's, what's even more special is what is said at the end of verse 10. This is good news of great joy that will be for all people. Let's ask an important question, though. Let's ask an important question. Is this good news for the whole world? Well, the whole world will hear it, but only those who put their faith and trust in the one whom this good news is about will truly experience the good news. This good news is for all who hear it, 
and believed. You see, the shepherds, they believed when they heard the good news. Not, not, not once they saw the manger. Verse 15 says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing or event that has happened, which the Lord has made known and revealed to us. See, God revealed it to them and they went in belief. In obedience to God and faith in Him, the shepherds go. They don't doubt. In faith, they respond by going. If you have heard this good news, if you have responded to it by putting your faith and trust in the Saviour who brings us peace, know that this good news is just as important for you just as much as it was for the shepherds and all those around them who marvelled at what was heard. And if you're here this morning and you don't trust in this Saviour, or you've not yet realised that He is the good news that we all need, I urge you, please, don't, don't hear the good news this Saviour brings and reject Him. You see, this Saviour, He saves and he does what no one else can do for you. See, no matter what your situation, what your circumstances, God offers this good news for you. This good news is for the weary-hearted, those with, with heavy burdens, those who are feeling the weight of anxiety, worry, depression, those who feel weak, frail and inadequate, those who, those who see and feel all of your failures and shame, this good news is for you. Why? You have a saviour. You have a saviour. And, and he takes every broken aspect of your life and He wonderfully restores it. See, you have a Saviour who has seen all of your struggles and burdens and He takes them upon Himself by nailing it to the cross. You have a Saviour who very literally bleeds for you. He loves and cares for you. And He Himself says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a Savior who brings good news that changes and transforms our lives. In fact, if you cherish this good news, your own life is a living example of the change that this good news brings. I mean, imagine those shepherds in the field that night. 
They did, a, they did a boring job. They had a task that was held in low esteem, that was so mundane. Yet after seeing the angel of the Lord appear to them, seeing the glory of the Lord and seeing an army of heavenly hosts and seeing Christ in that manger, as was told to them, do you think their lives were the same? No. Their lives would have been changed forever. You see, this one event in the history of time transformed their lives. The Savior who has come in the world, He's transformed their lives. And I hope that He has transformed your life. See, Jesus, He is the Savior that brings us all good news. Well, if He is the good news that we all need, how do we respond to him? How do we respond to him? This is the last thing I want to share with you today, and that is how we respond to good news. How we respond to good news. Uh, this year, we've had the MCG filled with 100,000 people multiple times. Not just for sporting events, but for concerts as well. We've had soccer stadiums in our country filled to the brim with people uh, multiple times during the World Cup that we had this year. And, and even if you watch a bit of sports and you see um, concerts and events around the world, you will know that there have been stadiums and arenas that have been packed this year. Uh, for example, India, they hosted the Cricket World Cup this year and stadiums were filled. They were filled to the, to the, with chockers of people. And France, they hosted the Rugby World Cup and people came from so many different nations to watch in these stadiums. And on top of all the sporting events, so many big artists have tours all over the world and, and stadium tours with people coming to watch. Now, some of you here might have experienced these events for yourself personally this year where you were in a crowd of thousands upon thousands of people. Now, I, I don't know your experiences personally, if you were at these events, but if you're, if you're like me, you would have left these events with no voice, as you would have screamed and screamed for your team, or you would have sung your favourite artist songs as loud as you can, and, and left with no voice left. And, and after leaving the event, you might have had a, a euphoric feeling. You might have said to yourself, wow, what a concert, or... Wow, what a game. That was the best game of my life. Now, it can be an enjoyable experience, but is it really all that we make it out to be? Why do I say that? Because that feeling doesn't last. You see, you have to face the realities of everyday life. Those famous artists, those sports stars, they don't pay the bills. They don't drive you to school or work. In fact, many people will forget them in due time. And yet, we scream and sing at these events. We have a fun time, but, but do these events bring us eternal joy and peace after people attend them? Just think about that. See, after a while, the feelings from these events, they, they wear off. 
and they leave us, they leave us hollow and empty. We can never experience true and lasting joy from these events. They, they cannot bring peace and happiness. In fact, people will have to go back to their struggles and face the challenges of life once again. But there is one event that brings great joy. Joy that is eternal. One event that brings true peace. Peace that is eternal. You see, through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus, we now have eternal joy and peace. And for those who, who believe in this good news, they can cry out, they can rejoice and praise God by reminding themselves, good news, good news. God has revealed to me His good news. And, and it will never dim or fade in my life because it changes me forever. You cannot say this after a sporting event. You cannot say this after the best concert in your life. See, the birth of Jesus and His work of redemption is the only thing that can make us say good news for eternity. And if this, if this good news, if it changes you, what do you do with it? You share it with others. Look at verse 17. The shepherds made known what was told to them. They, they revealed it to others who themselves marveled and rejoiced. See, friends, through the power of God's Spirit working in us, we too can reveal to those around us this good news. We can, we can tell our dearest friends and family, our closest friends, our neighbours, our colleagues, those who we might meet who want to know what shapes our lives. We can share with them the good news that brings eternal joy and peace. And like Mary, we can ponder these things. We, we can reflect on them. We can treasure them. They will change our hearts. See, people, people around us today, they don't need cliche comments like, just think positive, everything will be okay. What they need is eternal joy and peace that is revealed to us only in one man, the risen Lord Jesus. This is the Jesus that the shepherds revealed and we too can reveal him to a world that so desperately needs him folks and how else how else do we respond to this good news well we can sing if you look at verses 13 to 14 it says and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased and verse 20 says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them we are to rejoice in this good news 
We, we are to sing and praise the Lord. We are to join with one another. We are to praise and glorify the God who has given us good news. When we come together and sing as a church, it should be a highlight of our week to, to sing and to thank God for His good news to us. You see, for me, I don't know about you, this, this is such an encouragement week after week. And I, I, I hope it's such an encouragement for you that we can come and that we can sing knowing that no matter how tough life is and the fact that we are not citizens of this world, we can praise. We can glorify our great God because we have a future of joy and peace that is eternal. All because of Jesus, our Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. When I read the news each day, when I watch it on TV, it can leave me sad and hopeless. But when we we come to God's Word. When I, when I read it, when I see God's good news leap in front of me from every page, I cannot help but rejoice that God has rescued me, that God has saved me and brought peace between me and Him. As we leave this morning, I hope you know what this good news is. I hope you know that this good news is for you. And I hope that you respond to this good news the way we should respond to it. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you that you have given us good news. We thank you, Lord, that our lives have been transformed by the work of your Son, Jesus, who has come into this world the promised Messiah who has come to deliver us, to be our Saviour. Lord, we thank you that we now have great joy, that we have peace between, Lord, us and you. And Lord, as we come now and as we sing, Lord, help us, Lord, to sing, Lord, with joyful hearts, knowing that, Lord, we can experience, Lord, this good news for eternity. And we pray all this in the name of your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.